0: To End the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. So, the, the chapter that we're going to be in today is 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 9 specifically. Um, in this first part, I want to just take some time to read and just kind of talk about um, these verses and, and what, what they really mean. Um, just kind of building up this this wonder for God uh, in, in the process. Um, so, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, or actually, excuse me, it's 7 and 8. Uh, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not know love does not know God, for God is love. So, I was going to talk about, I'm going to talk about love in general. I was going to talk a little bit more about love specifically, like the five loves and stuff like that, but there's just not enough time. So, God is love. That's really what I want to focus on and what that means. God is love. Um, you know, is is a verb of being. So is that meaning, you know, in this verse that God is actually love? Or is it just saying, oh, God is like love or, or something like that? Um, just going over what does that actually mean, uh, is, is huge because if God is love, then that has huge implications. Uh, so, who is God is really the question. God is love. And if you were to ask what is love, I don't even think you could ask what is love. I think the better question would be who is love. And in response to that, you could say that, that God God is love. Uh, in a way, it almost seems like in this verse they're saying that God is synonymous with the word love. Um, and so I just, I, I remember reading this a while back and, and thinking, wow, is God is love. Love. I wonder if and I was thinking. I wonder if, you, if if they're synonymous like that. If you could if you could take the two and if you could like switch them around in different chapters to see what they were really saying when they meant God is love. Um, and uh, I think really love in biblical terms, not just as uh, merely you know affection on an emotional basis, but on a spiritual basis, uh, is really in this aspect all the values and the characteristics of God uh is all in, in combined in that one word love. And so when they say that God is love, they're really saying that these that love is really all the characteristics, all those values. So if you guys don't have to go there you can if you want, 1 Corinthians 13 chapter 13 verses 4 through 7. Um I'm sure many of you will will know this by heart uh it reads, Love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. And so reading that in, in reference to the the, ch- the, the chapter, the two verses there in John, God is love. Just for a second, if those two words are synonymous and you were to, instead of putting love in this, in this chapter in Corinthians, what if we replaced it with God? It would read something like, God is patient. God is kind. God is not jealous. He does not brag. He is not arrogant. He does not act unbecomingly. He does not seek his own. He is not provoked. And you can just go on and on and on. And so in my kind of, I guess you could say, research of this and just looking over it, um, that situation where it says love is patient, you know, God is patient, you can go right into that. And so really what I think is happening is in this verse, they're communicating not only what love is, but the character of God, who is God. And so uh, I just thought that this was just an awesome, awesome piece of, 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 of information and stuff. And you can almost in any verse where it uses God, or excuse me, where it uses, hold on, in almost any verse where you can use, um, in almost every verse where love is used as the subject or the object of a sentence, you can almost replace it with God. And this isn't to like create new doctrine, but it's to affirm what you already know about Scripture. And so, We know that love is patient love is kind. We know that God is patient, God is kind. But it's cool that it says that God is love and that if you put uh, the other one in the place of, of the other, you know, God is patient, God is kind. God does not envy, he does not boast, he is not proud. And I think that that is an awesome way of just having affirmation in our lives as Christians that we can go through scripture, we can read it and it is totally, completely and utterly consistent in just every aspect and every facet. Um uh, you can do the same with a, a few other verses. In Peter it says that love covers over a multitude of sins, God covers over a multitude of sins. In Corinthians it says, Let all that you do be done in love. If you replace love with God, let all that you do be done in God. And so you can kind of see where it's like God really is love as a person, not just even an emotion, as a set of characteristics and of values. When we uh when we use the word um and this is kind of uh and just to be clear, that this is not to just go like I said before, not to go creating new doctrine where, oh well you can use any, you know, verse for love and for God and just get it all mixed up. In fact, there have been churches known to do that where they try and just change everything around and and uh try and put verses in places of other ones to where they they take this idea of love which doesn't which at that point it's not even love anymore because they don't believe in the salvation of Christ and they don't or the salvation through Christ they don't believe in the 10 commandments or any commandments in any aspect and they've just done away with it completely and these are modern day churches even local ones that I've heard about recently that have done those kinds of things where they just they've completely removed Jesus from the picture and just focused on love in as they call it but we have to understand that without Jesus there is no love and so and without God there is no love and without those you know commandments there couldn't be that fulfillment of uh, that is love um so this is not to go making new doc- doctrine but rather to affirm what you already know this is for the sake of affirmation really this is for the sake of just wondering at God and wondering at scripture like It's so consistent, it's so beautiful, it's so perfect, it's so wonderful. And that's really the focus here. Just uh, to give you an example of how God and and love kind of mesh together and how they kind of interact, you can almost think of uh, the word couple. The word couple means man and woman who are together. But it can mean either that they're married, that they're dating, there's a whole... Slew of scenarios that a couple can fit into. So, when we use the word couple, we can we either mean that they're married or they're dating or what have you. But if we say this is a married couple, all of a sudden now that word married changes the definition. Same thing if we put dating in front of couple; they are a dating couple. That changes the definition. And so in the same way, how marriage or dating modifies the word. Uh, or, or modifies the word couple, love is modifying the word God. And so it's really just expounding on the characteristics where marriage, uh, shows unity and, um, uh, a kind of togetherness and a kind of, uh, a kind of togetherness in the same way. That is the kind of connection that is being made with love and God. You could, you could almost say that, um, that love is like the divine, the divine adjective, where it's the the chief descriptor of who God is, and not only who He is, but who He truly is. That 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 uh, just really the heart of God. And so, when whenever we deal with with love, we're we're really dealing with with God. Um, And it's interesting because, you know, this whole idea of love, it's just, it's so awesome and you would think, oh, it can't get any more awesome than that, Uh, but it does. Um, (laughs) So the same can also be done with truth. So God is love, God is truth. Um, In John, it says, in the book of John, it says, uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if Jesus is now the truth and he's also, you know, love, then that means that, Love and truth are kind of one and the same thing. So now you've added a whole other thing to the equation. So now we have truth that's modifying God and love, and then you have love which is modifying truth and God. And so you've got this kind of this triune nature you know, outside of even who God is, and then you've got it reflecting back on him and his values. So it's just so awesome. It's just so wondrous, and, and I can't help but just uh be awed awestruck at at how wonderful everything just meshes together in scripture um, so in this scenario the bible continues to s- expound on the nature of love and truth as they pertain to god it it's just it is really cool to be able even with the youth group to be able to go through <coughs> and as a discussion be able to talk about this kind of stuff <coughs> and um <clears throat> and go through and uh really reflect back on all of these all these points and stuff, and really go over how God is love and how that really plays out in our own lives, and also how that works into our relationship with God. But one thing that I know I've been trying to focus on lately, and I've been uh trying to get the youth group to 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 uh, really focus on is this sense of wonder. The sense of amazement at the beauty of God, and the you know even the consistency of, of Scripture, is to be able to go through and just be able to read Scripture, and not be like oh well this is my you know reading for the day, or you know this is what this is the chapter of, that I'm going to read, but to really take it in depth and in stride and just take their time in, in reading Scripture, really to just be able to sit down and in prayer just be able to wonder at the magnificence of God. And I feel like this chapter the, or these verses and stuff, uh, when you try it and when you have them fit together like this, you can't help but not believe in scripture, not believe in the truth and, and not believe that, that God is love and that God is truth and that he does exist and that, he, that you can have a personal relationship with him. And I just think that that should be all something that we all strive for is that we strive for that wonder of God, regardless of whether there's even application or not, but to be able to just be able to sit down like a child in prayer and just go before God and really have uh, this sense of wonder and this sense of awe. So what's the application of all this? The application of all this, I would say, is really just to ask a question is, do you love do you guys love in your, lone, in your own life? Can you say that you are loving to people? And really this goes to a, a previous question is, what is love and, and how do we know that we're using it? And if love is all of these characteristics and traits that we talked about in Corinthians, that love is patient, love is kind, it's not envied, it's not jealous, all of those things, if you go down the line, um, those are all encompassed into what love is. And not only that, but more because if you think about it, if God is love and God is omnipotent, omniscient, he is uh, all powerful, he's all present all the time, you know, you think about it in those terms and it's equating love to God, then love must be something of infinite value. It must be something that is uh, in a sense, all powerful. And so, Do we have that love? Do we have that in our own lives? And are we showing that to not only the people around us, but to God in our own walks? In Luke uh, 10, chapter 10, verse 27, uh, you can go there if you'd like. Uh, It says, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Those were the, the, the two commandments that, that Christ really left for us. And if we obey those two commandments, we have obeyed all others is what it, it says. So getting back to it, do you, do you love God? Do you love your neighbor? What is that like? Because if you think about it, if, we love, if we're not being a loving person, what does our relationship with God look like? If God is love and we're not able to love in a scenario, um, what does our relationship look like? Um, It's not that our relationship with God will always be perfect, but a person who has a loveless life or has a lawless life typically is one that either doesn't have love or that is missing this relationship with God, or there's some aspect in the relationship that's kind of, it's it's there's there's a fracture in it. It's kind of, it's slightly broken. It's just off-center. Um, Ravi Zacharias said, uh, in one of his talks, he said, love is the greatest ethic, and he was actually referencing that from the time of the fall all the way even up till now that love is is the greatest ethic. And he uses... Uh, love as probably the primary uh thing to debunk atheists he he debates a lot of atheists uh in the colleges and stuff like that, and he actually uses the idea and the concepts, however philosophical of love to debunk the atheist, which I think is so cool you know when atheists bring up stuff about morality or ethics, he immediately steps in, well, what about love you know um when they're when they're debating you know huge philosophical uh, topics, he interjects, well what about truth what about what about love and I think it's so cool that we have those things. God has gifted us uh, those things uh, and that we can embrace those those are his free gift to us, his love um, so really, all the commandments boil down to uh, your love for God and your love for your neighbor so uh, it 's interesting we we 've been going over the book in the men 's study Kingdom Man, and uh, we' ta- we were talking about you know all of these different aspects in which uh, men in the Christian church have failed and stuff, and you know just looking at it further, if you yes we failed in all these areas, but what does it ultimately point back to? Well, I think it points back to ultimately our relationship with Christ, our relationship with God, but specifically. You know, that love relationship with him and that love relationship that we have for other people. I think that that is uh, key to, um, you know, being a kingdom-minded individual, somebody that is focused on the kingdom. Um, but the, to wonder at God and then to do so in love is just, it is an awesome, awesome thing uh, to be able to do. Um and it's interesting if you go back and you read 1 John chapter 4 um, in those verses. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, obviously. And everyone who, is, who loves is born of God and knows God. So do you know love? Do you know God? And the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So it's really, I mean, Scripture is laying it out there, you know, really clear and simple. You know, if you do not know God, then you do not know love because God is love. And it's just basic and straightforward. And it's it's just, it's wonderful to go through and to find those bits of information and to to, to piece them all together. And really, ultimately, what our goal as Christians should be is to, to really gaze upon the face of God and I think that this gets us kind of it's just another step in 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 doing so and really getting to know God and really building a relationship with him um, if we can go really fast to 1st John oops 1st John chapter 4 you guys are probably already there I've got to get there real fast 1 John chapter 4, I want to read a couple of the other verses here. If we start at verse 9 in in chapter 4, it says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. Love consists in this: not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we must also love one another. And so, this just this whole section from verse not or excuse me from verse seven all the way to eleven is just chock full of. Of what love is and and the characteristics of it, and so if you go through, God's love was revealed among us in this way that He sent His only Son into the world, that that was revelation of God's love, and that we have the ability because God's loved us to participate in that and to uh, to receive salvation for uh, for our sins or from our sins and that we have just this love infinitely coming towards us, uh, uh, you know, and just basically we get to bask in that. And I think that that is so cool that you can just read even just a paragraph in Scripture and get all of this information just from those few verses and to be able to go through and just uh, ultimately in the end surrender to God and and be able to, to come to this place where it's really just... A relationship with him and it's really just everything in our lives just comes to a head and we focus on who God is specifically that he is love and that we're focused on on loving him um the uh the other thing I was going to mention here is that uh something I've been focusing on in my own life and in, in teaching in the youth group is um would you still have agreed with Scripture? Would you agree with Scripture? Would you um, would you care about it? Would you want to to seek this relationship with God if there was no application for it in our own lives, outside of maybe salvation? If there was, if you could read all of Scripture and there was no uh, like general application to it. Would you still believe what you believe, and would you still have a relationship with God? And so, there's something I think to be said about the purpose of of application. Uh, a few years ago, I uh, took a math class at State College of Florida, and I, I and I was I'm not any good at math, so I asked the professor, kind of, you know. Uh, uh, and just I was just being sarcastic and stuff, and I said <laughs> I had asked them if what's the point of math? What's the what's the meaning? What's the purpose of it? And she said simply, "Oh, well, you need it to to get your degree." And so that was that was the extent of the of the application of it. There's there's no so if you guys are wondering, there's there's no, outside of you know S C F classes, there's no need for math. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, but it, I I thought well that that can't be that's obviously not true. There's got to be <laughs> it, there's got to be something past the application cuz even if you were to say, you know, oh well, it's good for I don't know, multiplying, you know, trying to figure out how much you're going to pay when you go to the grocery store. Well, the problem with that is is that that application is only as good as long as it's being used in that scenario. So if there comes a point in time uh where you're not going to be at SCF anymore, then it kind of, the idea of it, the idea of mathematics would lose its value. Same thing if you were to stop using math when you go to the grocery store to calculate how much uh, you know, you're know you paying or, or how much uh, you're going to pay in tip when you go to, I don't know, Chili's or Applebee's or what have you. Um, I just use my calculator so on my phone, so it's easier. But um, there's got to be something beyond that. There has to be some... Higher meaning in it because God, uh, God has created as much as I don't like mathematics. God's created something like mathematics in the same way that He's created literature and and all the wonderful uh, arts and sciences that we have today. So there's got to be some kind of beauty above that, um, some kind of uh, meaning above that, and I think ultimately it boils down to, uh, for the sake of of whatever it is. So for the you. You love mathematics for the sake of mathematics. God doesn't love it because it's practical. He loves it because it's, you know, there's just something so beautiful and and intrinsic about it uh, in and of itself because God has created it in that specific way. And that can be said for anything literature, you know, any kind of the, any, you know, of the arts, any of the sciences. It's not just beautiful because it has application. It's not just important because it has application. It's important because... God created it and it's just awesome that we you know that we can experience that in the same way the fact that we have scripture that can tell us these awesome facts about love and about God and about that character it can't just be for sheer application it there has to be this this love for it this this yearning for it this this desire to really know it on a deeper level and to also know God on a deeper level um so it can't just be the application of it we have to go above and beyond and go straight to god uh loving him and in 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 those facets um so again the application is is also uh hugely important you know in our own lives uh in regards to love and even into truth because if you if you talk about truth you know god is truth and if you've ever done any kind of Study on truth. It's just those implications are just huge. They're immense. Uh, about a year ago, we did a, a study with the, with the youth group called the Truth Project series uh, through Focus on the Family, and it was and it's an incredible series. Uh, it was actually one of the things that I think you know helped refine and uh, really gave me a lot of understanding about scripture and stuff. Uh, I'm planning on, we're planning on doing it again this year at some time with the youth. But they went over, you know, the the, the whole idea was the Truth Project series. So uh, you can guess that the main topic in it was, was truth and what is truth. And, and just going through all of these different areas of our worldview as Christians and just Christianity in general that you wouldn't have thought of before, you know, these, you know, these, different sciences about you know like sociology the study of like people groups and things like that like you just wouldn't think that there would be you know scripture involved in that but yet god is there and so it's just it's incredible to see how you know there's in so many different areas god can god has his hand and that it's not necessarily about how we can apply that to us but just sitting back and really wondering at, at those things so um here. If we wanna let's flip over to First Corinthians chapter thirteen real quick here. If we start at the top of, of chapter thirteen in first Corinthians, if I speak in if, excuse me, if I speak the languages of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I donate all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body to be burned, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then it goes on to love is patient, love is kind. So, I think it's interesting that, that, that's, that that's put in right before the the characteristics of love that we can say all we want as Christians but if we don't have love then it almost it basically means nothing. That we can speak in the tongues of men and of angels but if we don't have love it's meaningless. That it's just a clanging uh, cymbal or a sounding gong. And so, You can just go over this and just, there's so much uh, more to this. In fact, I was looking it up and I think that there was like 400 places in the Bible where it mentions love in just general. And then if you were to add truth into the equation, it's like 1,200 times that both love and truth um, are mentioned in New Testament and in Old Testament. And you can just go through and you can do these awesome studies and you can just figure out so much about who God is and what he has in store for us in regards to his characteristics uh, and things like that. Even if you have the gift of prophecies and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if you have all faith and can move mountains but don't have love, then you're nothing, is basically what it's saying. Uh, And so that is really just a call for us to have love in our lives, to specifically have God in our lives and to have that relationship um, with him uh and just touching back on on another thing here is uh you know we know that god is is infinite his he's you know infinitely powerful he's all present and all knowing and so if you think about you know comparatively the love that you have or you think you have in in reference to to the love that God has that infinite love, how much love do you actually have it's almost nothing. I mean, if you were to imagine, you know, a line going from that side of the room through that side of the room, okay, just stretching on into infinity and you love maybe like this much on a scale, okay, and you were to match that up to it. Up close, it kind of looks like, oh, I love, you know, this much. But if you were to zoom out like a couple hundred million miles, you wouldn't even be able to see your love and compared to that infinite line that that is God's love. And so I think that that is just a huge testament to, what, to who God is and to what he has for us, that, that infinite love we can also participate in uh, through Jesus Christ and that you know, we have been given that as a free gift and that we're undeserving to have that, and yet we have it anyways. And so I just think that that is, um, that, that is just an awesome and wondrous uh, gift from God. So we've gone over God is love, and He is also truth, and so love and truth are synonymous, essentially, or that they at least they, at the very least they modify both of each other, and that they both point back to God, um, and that as far as the application, you know, this is this is really the 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 goal for you guys today is to really check your relationship with God. Do you love God? Um, do you know God? Uh, do you love him and are you loving your neighbor as yourself? And are you really loving your neighbor as yourself? Not just, you know, uh, saying nice things to them and, and being a blessing, but really being a blessing from the bottom of your heart because that's what God has called you to do. And do you really love God? And then beyond the application, you know, just to be able to sit down and to be able to read these kinds of things and say, you know what, God, it's not about the application. It's about you and it's about my and it's about this relationship that you're offering to to me and to everybody else. And so that is my uh that's my prayer for you guys. Um I think I'm going to go ahead and close this out on prayer cuz that's about all I had on that. So you guys can bow your heads and close your eyes. Father God, thank you for uh thank you for today. Thank you that we could be here and learn about you. Uh, I pray that you would um, that you bless the rest of our of our days uh, this week and 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 so on. And I pray that you would bless today as well. That when we step out of of this place, that we would be able to really focus on on our relationship with you, uh, and our love for you, God, and not just for you, but also the love that you've commanded for us to share with other people. Um, I just pray that you would uh, in all of us just inspire this kind of childish wonder that we can look at you in 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 every facet and just be completely astonished and just be able to say wow god you're awesome and to be able to to um just go in prayer and to uh to just be able to um to really be compassionate about you i pray that um uh, you bless the people in this room that that uh that they would be able to to see your face more and more every day. That they would be inspired and that they would be motivated to to study you more and to really build this relationship uh, with you, God. Um, I pray that um, that you'd also uh, bless the youth and stuff. And we thank you so much for an awesome uh, time of worship. Uh, and I pray that um, that we would be able to also participate in in future missions trips. Uh, and that we would be able to uh, really just become active and really become uh, focused on you and what you want us to do, God, uh, in our communities, uh, in our homes, and in our personal lives. Uh, And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.